touchdown or turnover. Back by Alcoa 10 Federal Credit Union, the place where you belong. Going to the NFL. Is the Tennessee Titans. Benjamin McKee of the Tennessee Titans. The best team right now in the NFL. Touchdown or turnover. Tennessee Titans, best team in the NFL currently. In the NFL? In the NFL, man. We doing power rankings, man. You're skipping the AFC. NFL. In the league. Oh, the Titans the best team in the league, man. I'm not playing around. Right now in the league, are they the best team? Touchdown turnover. I say turnover, and I don't even have to think twice about it. I mean, Cardinals are undefeated. Look great. Defensively and offensively, looks like they're they're poised to make a a serious run at things, and they have a a fun Thursday night football game this week against the one-loss Packers. The the Packers have turned it around since that that week one debacle against the Saints where everybody thought Aaron Rodgers was tanking the the team on purpose, and Aaron Rodgers has played great football since. Uh, The the Rams, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Rams long-term potential in terms of what they can do offensively with with Matthew Stafford I think they have a ton of pieces on offense Cooper Cup Robert Woods some of the best receivers in the NFL right there defensively we we know the Rams get after you Aaron Donald Jalen Ramsey guys that are probably the the best at their position in the entire league so I like the Rams Cardinals I think are both better than the Titans. I think the Packers are better than the Titans. I think the Bucks are better than the Titans. I think the folks aren't going to like this one because the Titans just beat them. But I think the Bills are better than the Titans. Um, I think the the Titans are one of the better teams in the league for sure. And I, I think with the Chiefs looking abysmal and, and looking like other teams in the AFC are going to have a chance this year. I, I think the Titans have a real chance at making a run at a Super Bowl appearance. They they have what it takes offensively. I'm I'm still not buying into the defense. I know that they just shut down the Chiefs and only allowed three points against the Chiefs, but Tyreek Hill fumbles at the 10-yard line. Mahomes' pick comes off of a deflected football in which Rashawn Evans had to make a, make a diving catch for. That's part of defense, though. It is, but, I mean, it hit the receiver right in the shoulder pads and popped up in Evans. Like, I, I look at that play, and I, 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 that's more the Chiefs' lackluster effort than the Titans making a play. You got to give the defensive credit for making a play, though. I, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that, but it, it's not like some play where Kevin Fire just made a, a great read on the ball and jumped it. or, or So, like, it's a, it, it's a deflected pass. It's ball in the, up in the air. Like, I just gave credit Rashawn Evans – I just gave Rashawn Evans credit for, for making a, a heck of an effort play, diving and, and, and catching it. But it's a fluky turnover is my point. That, that is a fluky turnover. It is. Mahomes was, was running around with the ball. I don't, I don't know what he's doing on his fumble, running around with the ball stuck out like he's playing middle school football in his, in his backyard. Just real amateur stuff from the Chiefs' offense. Real, real careless um, so I, I do think the window is open is the point that I'm getting at, that the Titans can make a Super Bowl run. Uh, I'm, I'm going to need to see it more from, from the defense going forward, though. I, I think the defense will continue to be 
it's it's kryptonite, and, mm-hmm. and they're going to have to prove otherwise. So, no, I don't think the Titans are the best team in the NFL right now, but I do think they are one of the better teams in the NFL. Yeah, Titans defense has gotten better uh, from the beginning of the season to this point, but, you know, they're going to have to step up even more if the Titans want to ultimately get to the Super Bowl. So, for me, it's turnover. Um, in the entire league, not yet. They're not the best team in the league just yet. Uh, when you look at the Cardinals, though, um, I look at most of the Cardinals' wins have been against teams that, eh, you know, you beat the Browns this past weekend without Baker Mayfield. Uh, you beat the 49ers. Um, you beat the Texans. Now, you did have a very impressive win over the Rams on the road where the Rams at one point was probably a top-five team in the league. Uh, they was rolling. Beat the Jaguars, the Vikings, and then the first game of the season, you were on the road and beat the Titans. So two out of the seven wins, um, very impressive for the, for the Cardinals. But they're, they're a good team. Don't get me wrong. Uh, not taking anything away from how good they are. Um, they are a good football team. You don't beat the Rams the way they did if you're not. Um, but let's see what happens when the Cardinals play the Packers. You know, here this week on Thursday, uh, let's see what happens when when the Cardinals play the Rams again. Uh, the Cardinals play the Cowboys later on in the season. Um, they will be a team that makes the playoff and may may make some damage. But I don't know how serious I'm taking them as far as threatening to get to the Super Bowl. Uh, but the best team in the league might be in the NFC. Um, so I'm going to turn over right now for Titans' best team in the league. How about best team in the AFC, Tennessee Titans? Are you going touchdown turnover on that one? Or where are you going on that one? I'm going turnover. I'm, again, I'm just not buying into the Titans' defense. I, I do think that they've, they've gotten better for sure. Um, but I, I think the Bills are the best all-around team in the AFC right now. Yeah, I like, I like the Buffalo Bills a lot too. I don't know people are not going to like that because the Titans just beat the Bills. And look, I get it, but. I think if it were a seven-game series, five-game series, I think the Bills would, would win the series. Obviously, that's not how football works. Um, and, and Josh Allen is a slippage away from potentially winning that game on, on Monday night. Uh, the Titans, look, are, it's, it's no disrespect. Just because I don't think that they're the best in the NFL or the best in the AFC doesn't mean that I'm disrespecting the Titans. They're still one of the best teams in football one of the best teams, if not the best team in the AFC, and they have a legit chance at making it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they've had, they've had two really good wins against two, uh, one really good team in the last two weeks. I won't say the Chiefs are a good team right now because they're, they're not. They just they, they have the capabilities of being really, really good, and for the last two years um, they've been you know, semi-dynasty winning the Super Bowl in one of those years, and getting to the Super Bowl in another. So uh, just because you beat the Chiefs this year doesn't mean it's the, the same Chiefs of the last two years because this Chiefs team you can't even you can't even recognize right now. All right, let's um, – and, and the whole Bills beat the Titans uh, argument doesn't ring true with me because – Titans beat the Bills argument. Yes, sorry. Yes, the Titans beat the Bills, so Titans are better than the Bills. Uh, the Steelers beat the Bills too. Are the Steelers better than the Bills? No. Yeah. They they were better that one day. Yeah, that's how I look at it, man. You know, like you know, Texas A&M is not a better football team than Alabama. They just was better that day. And I think when you look at the when you look at the Bills, 
and, and if you watch them this season, they're they're more complete mm. than the Titans. They're more complete. They're more complete. Offense, defense, special teams. They're more complete. Um, but you give you certainly give your credit to the Titans for winning that night and being better that night. Uh, we'll see what happens later on in the season, though. But I like I like where the Titans are going. They are improving on defense, and uh, I like how they're you know finding number two, getting number two and in, more involved, and he looks more comfortable. We know AJ Brown's going to be comfortable. He's been there, but um, you know you know, I think you're going to need Julio to be involved uh, offensively a little bit more to 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 make the run that you want to make the, the, the run you want to make, and then defensively you got to play better for sure. Um, Ken says. Tillman, my favorite player on the team, and he's the best receiver on the team by a country mile, despite all the criticism about his athletic ability for the last two years. He's always open, including getting behind DBs. He catches everything. Uh, glad to see Hooker, who I love, is making him go-to guy. Um, yeah, Tillman is the best receiver on, on this team. And... Um, The, the criticism about his athletic ability uh, was was fair when you compare it to other guys, on, you know, that play receiver in this conference. But Tillman has said, "Okay, this is me, but how do I be the best version of myself?" You can only work with what what, what God gave you, right? And so God didn't make Cedric Tillman a track star, but he became the best version of himself, which is. Being tough as nails mentality-wise, um, there were some – and when you make great catches, you kind of become a victim of your own success, right? Early in his career, he he made those acrobatic catches, um, which made the, the old Miss catch seem like it was pretty routine. They kind of went through his hands. Uh, so you expect him to catch those. But for the most part – he has been consistent. He is the best receiver on this team. He is someone that when Tennessee needs third down and long, I'm looking at number four. I'm looking at I'm looking at number four because I know he's going to run a good route. He's going to create separation. And he catches it, he's not going to go down and go backwards, go sideways. He's going to fight. He's going to go forward. And he's going to stiff arm or DB. He's going to put his hand on his face and – and drive into the ground. Cedric Tillman is the type of receiver um, that I enjoy watching. And he's worked his tail off. I wouldn't be surprised if he's, if he's the hardest working receiver. Um, usually the guys that work the hardest have the most confidence. And you can see it. And Tillman is playing with a crazy amount of confidence right now. Crazy amount of confidence. So... Hooker, Volville says Hooker called his receivers the best in the nation. Where you rank them? Uh, Hooker saying that because that's his receivers. He's supposed to say that. <laughs> what? No comment. Well, on the ranking, I just I'm gonna let you answer that question, not me. Dude, we not we not. We're not a top five receiver group in the country. Look, I, I already said that that we're not there. We're not, we're not there. We good. We've 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 been good recently, but let's not get it carried away here. 
I get credit for it. That, that's why I'm letting you answer the question. I'm not saying anything. I already, I already bashed the Titans. You didn't bash the Titans. You just, right. you just kept it real. I already said Will Levis is going to be a problem on the ground. Said Emory Jones' best performance was against Tennessee. I, I'll let you take this one. Have at it, buddy. Let's not get carried away. Our receivers have, have done a really good job as of late, but, I mean, you, you look at you look around the country, man. There's some there's some dang good, some dang good receivers, dang good receivers that started from you know kind of start to to to, to this point didn't have to go through a uh, big time uh, personnel change either. So we're we're you know, we're good, but understand Hendon has to say that about his guys. Like you're supposed to feel that way about your guy, just like the receivers opposed to say Hendon is the best quarterback in the country. But we know that's not true, right? We know he's playing well, but he ain't the best quarterback in the country. That's just – Well, I think he is. I, I, I mean, I think it's a complete bias nationally go. that Matt Corral, Bryce Young, Kenny Pickett getting all this attention. I mean, if folks didn't hate Tennessee as much as they do, Hendon Hooker would be getting the credit that he deserves. Sure. That's why. That is why. Ken said people wasn't just comparing him to other receivers in the SEC, um, but also to the receivers of the roster. He heard Austin Price laugh about him in days gone by, as recently this spring, when the question about who's going to be starting Tennessee starting receivers, and his name was you mean wasn't even brought up? He's an outstanding SEC receiver. I don't care how slow he is. Um, Ken, you're talking about the spring. Players can improve. So Austin saw him during the spring, probably wasn't impressed, just like I saw him this spring, and I thought other guys were better. They do have this thing called summer, and you continue to work. So that's like he got better. He got, he got better, Ken. Just like Henry Hooker got better. Like Henry Hooker got better. There's a lot of guys that got better. That's why you practice. That's why you train. That's why you work out. So, Kappa uh, Man 3 says, I love highest speed, but watching him come off the ball, he seemed a step slower than other wide receivers. Have you studied why he's not seeing more balls thrown his way? Um, I've, yeah. I've, because he's not getting open. He's not, he not, he not playing fast enough. And he got to get stronger. Mentally, he got to get tougher, too. So just just be like Tillman. If I'm a young receiver on this squad, man, you need to be, you need to be watching film with Tillman. You need to be watching Tillman. That's what you do. When I was a young receiver, I watched guys like Tony Brown. And you watch how those guys go about their day, how they go about their business, and you learn a lot. Mentality-wise, you learn a lot. And I think some of our young receivers need to watch Tillman work. And this game is mental. You know, we had Jerome Carvin on Tennessee Prime last week, and he said 80% of the game is mental. If you ask players, they all have like a different percentage, right? Some guys will say 90, some guys will say 95. But one thing that, that is the same is that they're going to say the game mentally is more – than physical, like you, 
it's it's more mental than physical. That's what they all will say. But everyone's percentages might be a little different. Let's get to uh, Mitch. Mitch, good morning. Morning, What's up, Mitch? Uh, not a lot. Just up here running around New York. Uh, New York City? Yeah, I come up here twice a week. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I didn't get to call in last week. I want you were talking about Cedric Tillman. In your opinion, do you think he should have caught that pass? Oh, Miss? In the end zone? Yes. Yeah. That's okay. I didn't get to call in last week. Like I said, the uh, times got screwed up on driving. But uh, one other question I got, I don't know if y'all noticed it or not, but like in the Alabama game when Tyon went uh, down and he jumps up and runs off to the sideline and Heifel stops him right there and had some worries for him. Did y'all catch that? Oh, I did not. Yeah, it's just like, like the training staff come out or whatever and Ty, uh, Evans just jumps up and like just going to the sideline. And when he did, like, Heifel met him before he got off the field and was like, you know, I don't know if he was telling him, like, hey, you, you know, you let them do their job, you let them evaluate, you don't you ever get up and run off that field again. I mean, it was like, you know, he he kind of talked to him kind of hard there for a minute, and then he, you know, just went on off to the sideline. But uh, I, was, I didn't know if y'all had caused that. And uh, I noticed with Bumpus, you know, the past couple of weeks, when he goes down, he's grabbing his left side, I'm like, has dude got broke ribs or what? Because it's 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 always that one spot on his left side that he's grabbing. <laughs> so I didn't know if y'all knew anything about that or not. No, I know I know there's a process when you you know when you want to when you want to go out. So you know, early in the season, I remember when Jabari Small was trying to get out. I think it was uh, it was a home game. I think it was Ole Miss game. He was trying to get out, and then it was a running play straight straight to him. It was a dive, and I think it was like a no-gain type of run. But it's a process, and I think every position is different. So some 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 positions, you look to the sideline, you tap your helmet, you can just come on out, and somebody can just go in right forward, go in um, and, and replace you. At the Ole Miss game, I saw where Alante just took himself out, no problems, no questions asked, and then, you know, Kamal Haddon went in. So, every position is different. Running back, it may be different. I don't, I don't know what the the protocol there with running backs and hey, if you want to come out, but you do have you know two guys that have been banged up for the last couple of weeks. But I didn't notice that. I took it, it as Josh Eipel telling Tyon Evans to stay on the ground and. A, let the trainers check you out. B, let the defense get more of a rest. 865-255-03. We will be back after this. At work? Can't call in? Don't feel bad. You can talk to the guys on the text box. It's part of the Free Swain Event app. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. 
dead-end barbecue. The search is over. Litter is a big problem in Tennessee, but together we can do big things. We can make our cities, our waterways, our roads cleaner and safer. The Tennessee Department of Transportation is committed to reducing litter in our communities, but we need your help to do it. There are over 100 million pieces of litter in our roads at any given time, and it costs TDOT about $19 million a year just to clean it up. The first step to keeping Tennessee beautiful is to rally behind these three simple words. Nobody Trashes Tennessee. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Out-of-town law firms have been swarming into East Tennessee lately. Firms from Memphis, Chattanooga, and Birmingham have stormed into the area. Wouldn't you rather do business with a local law firm? You know, a true neighbor. Marcos Garza and the pros at the Garza Law Firm are just that. They are our neighbors and friends that support local causes year-round. The Garza Law Firm works to serve you professionally on criminal matters, injuries and accident matters, and Social Security and disability filings. The Garza Law Firm is here for you at GarzaLaw.com. The Garza Law Firm, let us help. J.C.'s Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Guys, your health right now is more important than ever. I recommend Low T Center. That's where I get my levels checked. It all starts with the annual wellness exam where they do a comprehensive health assessment exclusively for men, making it quick and easy to take care of your health. And now they offer monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatment. Most insurance is accepted. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment and make your health a priority. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. I just wanted to come by and congratulate you on the great work you've been doing. I like your style. You remind me of a young me. Failure is not an option. That boy is good. Fools remind yourself. Nobody built like you. You design yourself. Attaboy. Attaboy is brought to you by Made in Tennessee Business Fiber Internet from Iris Networks. Find business solutions for you at irisnetworksusa.com. Time for Attaboy here on the program. Attaboy is brought to you by Iris Networks. 
USA.com. That's that's their website where they specialize in fiber internet and voice, a Tennessee business connecting Tennessee businesses. Ben, where are you going for your attaboy today? I am giving an attaboy to VFL Alvin Kamara. Ballin'. Last night became the fastest player in the NFL to reach 3,000 rushing and 3,000 receiving yards. He did so in just 66 games, four games faster than the previous leader. So, AK is the fastest player in NFL history to reach 3,000 rushing and receiving yards. Did so in 66 games. So, AK continues the ball and gets a, a big attaboy. Looked, uh, looked good last night. So cool to see him and Marquez North, man. Both Tennessee guys. Marquez North and Marquez Callaway. Golly, Marquez Callaway doing their thing. Both Tennessee guys uh, and, and Callaway just... You would never thought that he was an undrafted free agent by, by how he plays, how important he is to the Saints offense for one of the most uh, respected and best coaches in the league. So Callaway, Kamara, just making Tennessee fans proud. Uh, but that's a good attaboy, man. I got one for Peyton Manning's best buddy, that is Tom Brady, who threw his 600th touchdown pass uh, over the weekend against the Chicago Bears. And he is the first quarterback in NFL history to reach that mark. He is the only person in the 600 club there in the NFL. So, uh, boy to Tom Brady. And, uh, hey, man, Tom Brady is, is like, super, super, super likable. I see people all the time going, man, I hate that Tom Brady is so likable. He's super likable, man. Now he with the... Buccaneers, he can kind of be, he can be himself. He's always been, he's always been this cool. He just couldn't be, I guess, when he was uh, up there in New England. But congratulations to Tom Brady, six hundred touchdown pass, unfreaking believable, right there. So uh, those are the attaboys for today. Eight six five two hundred fifty five zero three is our number to the Irish Networks hotline, and let's get to the hotline. Let's bring in Mitch. Mitch, good morning. Not Mitch. Who we got? I, f- I forgot who I put on hold. I'm sorry. Good morning. How are you? You can blame me. I'm Swain. Force. That's right. It's Force. Force. What's up, Force? Force wants to talk about next year's out. Morning, guys. Hey, good morning. Long time listener, first time caller. Yeah. Love the show. You. Thank you. Ben, I think you're doing a great job over at VolQuest now. Happy you're over there with Kane. Yeah, Ben um, Ben's answering the phone. So so Forrest says, happy that you have all quests, that you're doing a good job with uh you and Kane. Thank you, Forrest. I really appreciate that. And sorry I forgot that you told me your name was Forrest. Oh, you're good. First time it's actually ever happened. It's not really a forgettable name. <laughs> <laughs> but um so I might be jumping the gun a little bit. I mean, I was thinking about going up to Lexington this uh after the bye week, but Got work that weekend. Don't think I'll be able to make it. And the season ticket holder will be in house for the Georgia game. Got my fingers crossed there. But I was kind of looking forward towards next season. You know, we're not losing too much out of our super senior group. We should be returning a bunch of the team, hopefully at least next year. You know, they should have the 
I believe I got it right, the second Jumbotron in and the party deck. Environment should be good. They got two tune-up games. I can't remember against who, whoever they replaced Army with. And Akron. The opening game of the season. Yeah, yeah, Akron. And um, then they got a good road test game against Pittsburgh up there in Heinz Field. Yep. No they Kenny won't Pickett. have Kenny Pickett anymore. Exactly. That should be that should be towards our favor. Looking forward to that game, but it sets up for if everything falls our way, a uh, a real, real good home environment game against Florida. And um yeah, I'm excited, man. And, you know, Hypo has got me one hundred percent bought in. The team's fighting hard. They're they're going out there giving us something we can be proud of and cheer for. And, uh, yeah, they got me fired up, man. I, I can't wait. I was just curious what your guys' thoughts were. Absolutely, Forrest. Thank you so much for the call, man. Love to hear you a lot more on the program. So thank you for listening. But, Forrest, I think you're right. I, I like our schedule next year. I mean, when it first came out, people were like, oh, my gosh. Tennessee's schedule is always hard. But this is very favorable. And we talked about this at length when the schedule first came out. But – on the road at Pittsburgh, no Kenny Pickett. Ball State, no Kenny Pickett at Pittsburgh. Akron, uh, and then you play Florida at home. Then you go, you play bye week. LSU after a bye week. And LSU will have a brand new coach. They'll have people hit the transfer portal. Uh, no matter who they hire, that's going to happen. So they'll be a, a program in transition. And then you play Alabama. Then UT Martin, Kentucky, at Georgia, Mizzou, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt. Like, that Alabama-Georgia game, there's two games in between it. So, I mean, I I think the schedule sets up real nicely for for Tennessee. All right, let's get back to the phones. Turkey Man. Turkey Man, good morning. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Turkey Man. For all the fires, by the way. And and it's just uh, great news for my wife and, and me. But uh, I just uh, just want to tell you guys, everybody out there, pray for us and have some hearts and minds. Uh, thank you much. Uh, getting back to football, let's get back to uh, talking sports a little bit. If that's okay. Uh, he's talking about Tom Brady, six hundred. Uh, Game or second or game, it's a touchdown pass, wasn't it? Yep, six hundred. What, what was it? What was the six hundred games, right? No, six hundred touchdown passes in his career. Okay. Did you see what his receiver did? Yeah, gave the ball to a fan, not knowing that it was his six hundredth touchdown pass, and uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and got the ball and offered the fan like a sign. Jersey, a different game ball, and a thousand dollars from the team shop, and season tickets for remaining of the year and next season. So they added on to that, uh, according to the graphic that Monday Night Football showed. Still what would that ball been worth? A lot of money. A lot more than what he got. <laughs> it's about being a good person. So not cashing out. You still be a good person and cash out. Yeah. Yeah. It's good though. But anyhow, uh, I thought that was a pretty, pretty uh, strange deal. But uh, the officials, 
know, I've got to watching our these officials, and they have cost teams that are fighting for their life games. Uh, we're not only getting bad calls. Uh, I seen I seen one well, in that game against against uh, Alabama. I even seen seen a an official look over the quarterback after a call and kind of give a head bob to him. I mean, it, it's it's ridiculous of of how this officiating is affecting the outcome of games or leaning it direction. And uh, I know I know we talk Tennessee football, but when you look at other conferences and 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 games being affected by whom is ranked higher or whom could get in the playoffs, uh, it's 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 not just an SEC. I seen a, a game. I seen. I don't know if you've seen this or not. But I'm gonna leave. It, I'm gonna leave on this. I don't want to get rambling tomorrow. But I don't know if you've seen this, but in Kansas game, I, I, I seen where they were really uh, uh, putting on Oklahoma mm-hmm. and, and, and really in it. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a play that the, the uh, Kansas player, no, it was Oklahoma's player, Oklahoma's player, Hand off the ball, that quarterback hand off the ball. He went to line of scrimmage. Uh, I think he was past line of scrimmage, but he was he was at least up the line of scrimmage. He was driven back. The quarterback comes and takes the ball from him from the front. So that would have been a a handoff forward or a forward pass you can't do if you went to line of scrimmage or beyond. Well, I understand it. And then he, he, in turn, went and made a first down. They went and looked at it and, and gave it a first down for Oklahoma. Now, something's wrong with that. There were so many wrongs with that, it didn't even It's almost like the fumble in the end zone that we had to deal with. But uh, I'm, I'm seeing it more and more in affecting the outcome of a, a team that, you know, Oklahoma, in my opinion, shouldn't be undefeated right now. It is crazy that as as bad as SEC refs are, the SEC has the best refs in the country. The Isn't that crazy? The Oklahoma play was legal, by the way. I, I didn't see it, but I'm just yeah, speaking so, in general about referees. Yeah, so officiating is bad across the board. But SEC, when you are talking about how it means more and you go out and you tout the championships in football and the championships in baseball and how basketball is here, and like when you point at all the accolades that you have accumulated, you can't ignore officiating being on par with the rest of the country. You can't make an excuse and use that narrative like, oh, well, it's bad everywhere. Well, do you put yourself with everybody else when it comes to to, to 
winning? No, you don't. Nope. Well, separate yourself and be better in officiating too because I know the SEC was definitely pounding their chest on how they handled COVID. They handled it the best, right? Mm. So you, you take pride in handling all the other things the best, get better officiating. Yep. So that's that's my whole point. And then, um, like I said, the Oklahoma play where the running back will stop behind the line of game. Um, you know, Oklahoma's quarterback, Caleb Williams, grabbed the football and advanced it for the, for first down. It's legal. You can do that. You just can't throw the throw the ball forward. It has to be a backwards pass for it to be a lateral. But, you know, that was a legal play. But, Turkey Man, the point remains that officiating is a problem across the country, and the SEC just needs to do a better job of, of that. I mean, there's holding calls every play. You're going to miss that. There's pass interference, offense and defense. You know, you, you know you're going to miss those. But game-changing plays. The egregious ones. <laughs> the game-changing plays where a touchdown is on the board here. Tennessee in the last two games, it seems like they have been screwed out of a touchdown or at least stopping a touchdown. So, you know, Alabama, that was a little awkward. You had a Tennessee player come out with the fumble. He clearly fumbled before. Uh, reaching the plane, and then Ole Miss, we don't need to really go back and talk about that. We know what that was. So uh, let's go back to the phones, and then we'll go to the text box. Uh, who we got? Chip. Chip, what's up, Chip? Good morning. Good morning, guys. How are we doing? Good, Chip. How are you, man? I'm hanging in, man, hanging in. Just real quick on that on that Kansas-Oklahoma play, I will, <clears throat> I will disagree with you on that because – if you want to look at, if you want to look at the the, the Matt Corral strip sack, and then that play, which one is forward progress? They should have stopped the play on that, you know, that that Oklahoma when he was, you know, being held up or whatever. I mean, to me, chip, 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 chip. it's uh, legal. Forward. The Big Twelve released a statement saying it was a legal play. Yeah, I know, but I mean, I, if you compare those two plays, which one would you would you think is closer to forward progress? You know, the Oklahoma play. You know, stopping up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but I mean that I mean, that's subjective though too. I mean, yeah, it's that's yeah, a I, I get it. Judgment. It was kind of a yeah, it was a it was a bang bang play. But I'm just saying that you know, one of those two calls was closer to forward progress, and I would I would go with. Anyway, um, aside from that, uh, question for you guys. So <clears throat> I think that, you know, this recruiting class uh, coming up is is going to be uh, pretty important. But I think that the, um, I think that the uh, transfer portal is going to probably be more effective for Tennessee this year. For sure. But my question is this, and I've asked this for you guys, and I know you probably won't have an answer, but when it comes to the NCAA investigation and stuff, is that going to affect transfers? So, you know, are they going to start taking a while? Are they going to take away scholarships? Do you think that we'll, you know, get out of this unscathed or, or what? And uh, I'll, I'll hang up and listen. The reason why I say the transfer portal is important because obviously it's showing up this year. We have, you know, several kids that, that transferred in that have completely and totally helped you know, tremendously main one being obviously, you know, Mr. Hooker. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, I wish I had an answer for you on exactly, you know, what's going to be the punishment there and if it's going to be scholarships or if it's going to be, um, you know, a bowl, you know, ban. I mean, a bowl ban without scholarship reductions would, would, would 
be ideal if you're trying to bring in as many people as possible. But if you're trying to carry momentum from this year to the next, then a bowl would be super, super important as well. And then at the bowl, you can have mid your guys practice with the team too. So they get those 15 practices, which is like the spring before the spring. So it's hard for me to believe like today that Tennessee's going to go unscathed, to be honest. But I think the longer this thing draws out, draws out the the punishment at the end may be less severe, but the the punishment or the negative effects that Tennessee is taking is clear because it is being drawn out so long and there's no closure. And so the people that are recruiting against Tennessee can make up anything and say anything, and Tennessee won't have any backup to really um, defend themselves and point to those naysayers' point of being wrong. Like I remember hearing a story about Cadillac Williams, and Cadillac Williams came on a visit to Tennessee, boom, he committed, and then (laughs) within a couple hours he committed to Auburn because Auburn – you know, got into his ear and told him that Tennessee was about to be on probation and got in trouble. Tennessee never got in trouble at all. Well, imagine that. Like, Tennessee had not got in trouble and other schools were still doing that and one recruit believed it. There's obvious recruiting violations that's public about what happened in Tennessee. Coaches are fired. So it's just more believable for a recruit, when a coach from another team, whether he is lying or telling the truth, say, yo, man, Tennessee's about to get hammered. They're about to get slammed. That recruit's going to believe it. So that's what Tennessee is fighting. And that hurts Tennessee probably more than, than anything. So, yeah, you'll, you could draw it out, and maybe the, the punishment at the end is not as severe as it would be, you know, a year ago, two years ago, whatever. But, like, the, the, the hearsay. The speculation that that hurts Tennessee in recruiting. Now, as far as transfers, I think it just depends on how many years a player has. So, if a player has three years left of eligibility, and he's picking a school, and well, okay, for those three years, that's his, that school's going to be on probation. There's a two-year bowl ban or one-year bowl ban, and there's all these scholarships that's going to be hit, and so your team is going to struggle and not be good. I don't know if you want to be on a team that's not good for three years, but we're talking like a, a player that comes in and he's like a Javante Payton, and he's a one-year stopgap guy, and he's really good, and all he cares about is playing, playing in the right system, and he don't really care about missing one game from a bowl ban. He's like, listen, I'm trying to get some film. I'm trying to make some plays. I'm trying to be with some guys I'm happy to play with and coach staff that I like. This might be the best place for him. So it just it just really depends, but no, 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 no real answer on when we gonna hear anything and what it's gonna be. Uh, nothing, nothing of that sort. So it's gonna be an impact player, dynamic playmaker, like a Jamison Williams at Alabama, a Wondell Robinson at Kentucky. It's gonna be that type of player that Tennessee brings in, or a three-year player, possibly two, but. More so a guy that has several years remaining of eligibility. John Kay has a a cooking question for you about his brisket that he recently cooked over the weekend. He cooked it at 
225 to 250, wrapped it when it hit 160, was tougher than he would have liked, thinking that he took it off too early. What temp do you take yours off at usually? Yeah, he probably took it off too early. Um, that's probably what happened. That's probably what happened. Uh, yeah, 160, 165 is when I wrap it. Um, some people wrap it in aluminum foil. I like to wrap mine in butcher paper because it breathes. You know, you create this beautiful crust from the moment you put it on the smoker up to the 165 temperature and then you put it in aluminum foil and then you just lose all that crust because in that foil it just steams, 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 gets soft. So I like to wrap mine in butcher paper. So I wrap it in butcher paper um, at 165 and I take it up to like 208. 208. And I take it off and I I let it sit um, for a minimum of an hour. Like I don't even open it. I don't even open it. Try to get a little smell. Try to get a little taste. Nope. I, I I wrap it and let it sit for an hour so those juices can redistribute, and then I slice it. And the temperature's gonna go up a little bit even during during the rest process. So yeah, your your brisket should be very very tender if you do that. Now there was a time when I was taking mine off at like two two hundred. It was getting up to like two o four, two o five, and I was like, man, what's going on? This is a little tough. But that little small adjustment that I made, taking it off at 208, made all the difference in the world. So when you slice that brisket and you put the middle of the brisket on your finger and it just lays down on both sides, that's when you know it's tender. Damn you, John K. Now we thinking about brisket over here, man. Might have to smoke one this weekend. Oh, you, oh Ben, you're going to be gone, man. You can't get any. But you'll be in Memphis. You'll be all right. Yeah, I'm gonna be good. You'll be all right, man. You'll be you, you'll be okay for barbecue, man. If you're gonna be in Memphis, so an event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Be right back. I'm Vince Moore, wide receiver, VFL 1991, and you're listening to the Swain Event. When I made the move to my own studio, I was worried about this. I was worried about that. I was worried about, hey, did I get this piece of equipment? Did I get that piece of equipment? Does that sound good? Does that not sound good? One thing I didn't have to worry about, that was office furniture. Because office furniture outfitters met my furniture needs. With a 50,000 square foot facility, they have East Tennessee's largest selection and are the best value for new and used office furniture. Located in Knoxville, it's easy to find everything you need for your new space, including desks, file cabinets, chairs, conference tables, and more. Office Furniture Outfitters is turnkey. They came to my place, we mapped everything out that was needed, they delivered, and get this, set everything up. To learn more about what Office Furniture Outfitters can do for you, log on to OFONOX.com. That's OFONOX.com. If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Stephen Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. 
If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the Big Orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill, or call 865-693-5400. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knoxville for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. At Iris Networks, we know that business communication solutions are critical to your success. Since 1998, we've been helping businesses in East Tennessee by providing reliable and affordable high-speed fiber internet and voice solutions. That's why Iris Networks is your Tennessee communications partner. With internet speeds up to 100 gigs and work-from-anywhere solutions like mobile apps, video conferencing, and file sharing, we make sure you can stay connected to your customers and great communities we live and work in. Iris Networks, because just like you, Tennessee is our home. All right, time for around the SEC. It just means more, Ben. Tell us how it means more. Except when it comes to officiating. Then we just settle for being like everybody else. A little bit better than everybody else, despite everybody stinking. Uh, Missouri linebacker Jamie Petway has entered the transfer portal. No, thank you. Yeah, I'm good. Third year player. <laughs> Where is he from? Missouri. No, thank you. And he plays linebacker. Anybody on defense? No, thank you. Yep. <laughs> uh, he's been there for three years. No, thank you. Has has played quite a bit. No, I'm good. <laughs> Which even even furthers the point, in my opinion, if if he has played a bit. Uh, Florida has lost another commitment. Julian Humphrey, a four-star defensive back, mm-hmm. has decommitted from Florida. How many is that? Three. Three. He's the second top 100 prospect to decommit from Dan Mullen following the loss to LSU. Florida's got issues, man. <laughs> Do you think it's it's 
good to root for a Georgia win over Florida or a Florida win over Georgia this this weekend because that keeps Dan Mullen there? Or do you think that if if it wins, it may get Florida back on track? Because obviously knocking off number one Georgia would be huge for that Florida program and recruiting and, and whatnot. You, you see what I'm asking? Like we, we need Florida to win so that they keep Dan Mullen, but we don't want them to win enough to where the program starts thriving. Oh, I get what you're saying. I'm, I'm, I'm gator chomping in my, in my head right now. So, yeah, I, I get what you're saying for sure. I get what you're saying. Kind of like how we – God, I hate this, man, because – you know we we like we 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 like Danny White's done a good job, but hey man, no one's afraid of Mike White there at Florida, right? We're afraid of Billy Donovan. No one's afraid of Mike White as a basketball coach there. Just like you know Dan Mullen, you know we're talking the Gators. They should never be losing three commitments in a week. They should always be recruiting at a high level. So yeah, I mean. Go Gator. Go, go Gator this week. No, I'm, I'm with you. I just Percy Harvey, a win over Irby. number one Georgia doesn't do too much for them. Coach Irving Meyer, Percy Harvey, go Gator. Get it done this weekend. That, that's right. Uh, <laughs> SEC Players of the Week, real quick. Uh, Bryce Young in Alabama was the Offensive Player of the Week. The Defensive Player of the Week was Ole Miss linebacker Chance Campbell. He had 10 tackles, forced fumble, a sack, and leading Ole Miss past LSU. Ole Miss held LSU to 77 rushing yards. Uh, Ole Miss forced a season-high three turnovers as well. Uh, Ionis Smith was the special teams player of the week. He's a punt returner for Texas A&M and had a 95-yard punt return against South Carolina to give A&M an early 7-0 lead. And if you have not seen that punt return, go watch it because it was, it was pretty spectacular. Made several guys miss. Uh, so, yet, so, he, so he he made special teams player of the week just from that one, one run, huh? Mm-hmm. 95 yards. There it is. 95 yards. It, it was pretty – because I, I was thinking that maybe uh, Tennessee gets a special teams player of the week. Deshaun Rucker for the block punt. I know. I know, man. That's a great play. It It was. But punt return was, was pretty remarkable if you go watch it. Uh, Sam Williams at Ole Miss. Tyree Johnson at Texas A&M were the two defensive linemen of the week. The offensive lineman of the week was Kenyon Green from A&M, as well as Charles Cross from Mississippi State. The freshman of the week. You ready for this name, Swain? Receiver from Mississippi State. That's his name? No. Oh. His name is Ra-Ra. Ra-Ra. Ra-Ra Thomas. R-A capital R-A. I like it. Ra-Ra. Ra-Ra. Caught a career high five passes on six targets, surpassing his career total. Here's my thing. SEC freshman of the week goes to Lil Ra-Ra for catching five passes against Vandy when Deshaun Rucker blocked a punt against Alabama. You know how weird that would be if he played at LSU? And every time Coach Ogeron talked – Ra-Ra was like, huh? <laughs> what? No, I ain't talking to you. But you said rah, 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 rah. I thought you were talking to me. That would be very confusing. He would transfer like, man, Coach Ogeron always playing games. 
always calling my name and not saying anything. His name is Rah Rah. I love the name. I love all these like Jack Rabbit, Jenkins, and 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 Poopstain Jones. Jack Rabbit's doing too much. Like I like I like all these these guys that adopt childhood nicknames. Like with the bed Johnson. Like I, I I think it's cool, man. We got one coming in. Squirrel. Squirrel. I like squirrel. I like squirrel. I like it, man. Hour three coming up.